expecting for the Holy Spirit to do something. And before we start, I just, I just want to share, I was in the green room back there and I was praying and I heard the Holy Ghost say, there is some, whether it's right here in this room or while watching via live stream, there is somebody, the Lord said there is a, a person, you have been sick for many years and because you have prayed, you've been prayed for, you have not seen your manifestation, you have not been healed and because of that, your heart got sick. You know, the Bible says the hopes deferred makes the heart sick. Well, the Lord wants you to know today that your, today's your days. He's going to start by healing your heart, by, restore hope to, by restoring hope to your heart. And to tell you, this is what he said, tell that person that, yes, in Deuteronomy 28, he talks that part of the, the curse, that there would be sickness prolonged, I mean, that lasts for a long time, that clings to people. He said, but the good news, we know that in Jesus, Galatians 3, 14 says, we have been redeemed from that curse. So that sickness no longer has a right to cling on to you, to stay on your body. Yeah. Amen. So today I want you to say, this is me. I'm going to get a hold of it. There is somebody else also, the Lord told me that some, you've been diagnosed with a cataract in your eye. It's just recent. You've been diagnosed. Lord says, today you're, you're going to get healed. Yes. Put out your expector to get a hold of your healing. Amen. There's somebody else you've been diagnosed, or I think that's somebody online, you've been diagnosed with a brain I don't know if it's a tumor or cancer, but it's, it, it, it affects one sphere or one hemisphere of your brain. God says, it's going to be done, gone, no more. Hallelujah. So this morning I have, or this afternoon, I've got my days kind of turned around. Um, like I said, I'm just going to be very simple. You know, I'm going to do what the Lord has told me to do, to stay very simple, childlike, but to share really pretty much part of my story, the things that the Holy Ghost taught me on how to get a hold of my healing. Amen. And I'm also going to share some things that I have learned along the way on how to help people uh, 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 to receive their healing. Amen. But if I will start by saying this. That if you have one little doubt in your heart that sickness might be the will of God or allowed by God or there for a reason, because you know sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, um, it's in the midst of the sickness that I met the Lord or it's in the midst of the tragedy that, you know, I drew closer to God. It is in the midst of whatever that finally I looked up and saw God. You know, and I have to tell those people, and they automatically think, well, if it's through the sickness that I met God or got closer to God, that means that God did it. It's God that worked it out somehow to draw me closer to him. Well, let me ask you this question, you know. When you see a fire, who do you see first? Beep, 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 beep. 
the fire truck, right? When you see a car accident and people are lying there, you know, bleeding on the side, who do you see? First responder, you know, you see the ambulance, you see the, the, the emergency truck. Would you say, well, every time there is a fire, here is the fire truck, the fireman. Every time there is an accident, here come the end. I wonder if they're the one who did it. Because for some reason, every time there is an accident, here is the ambulance. Every time there is a fire, here is the fire. They must be the one who did it. You would not even think that way, would you? But why do we say that about God? The truth of the matter is God is the first responder also. Every time there is somebody who is, you know, here is the thing. God hates sickness so much. He hates it. He abhors it so much that any time anybody is being, you know, has a problem, God is right there on the scene, first responder, right there. That's why many times that people that go through stuff, you know, God is right there. But let me tell you, yes, God hates sickness. When you even think a second where sickness came from, you know, how did he come? Romans 5.12, he said that when sin entered the world, death came in. Spiritual death, that is. But that spiritual death produced corruption, sickness, poverty, which in turn, if you live it alone, will produce physical death. And so we can say that if sin opened the door for sickness and anything else to come in, then that tells me that, and we know that God hates sin. Would you agree? Only three people? Maybe we need to have a theological... I know you agree that God hates sin with a passion, but that tells me also that if God hates sin, he hates sickness just as much, just as well. And you know what I discovered? That the devil will work with sin just, or he will work, let me say it, with sickness just like he works with sin because they are like brothers and sisters. They came together. What do I mean by that? How will the devil get you to sin? How will the devil get you to fall into sin? What is it called? Temptation, that's right. It's not a trick. He will bring a temptation, will he not? Like a little carrot to try to get you to fall, you know. Now let me ask you that temptation, is it sin? Have you sinned when you are being tempted? No. But you see, that temptation becomes sin when? When you yield to that temptation. When you yield to the temptation, bam, that temptation now gives birth to sin. Well, you know, the devil works exactly the same way with sickness. What do you mean, Audrey? Symptoms are to sickness what temptation is to sin. He works the same way. What do I mean? You see, when you are being, quote, unquote, tempted with symptoms, it doesn't mean you're sick. You're just being tempted with the symptoms. And what does it mean? We have got to look at it and say, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, that's a symptom. And what do I have to do? Just like we have to hate sin and resist temptation and tell it to go, 
we've got to do the same thing with a sickness. When the symptom, because most people think when they are, have symptoms, well, I guess I'm sick. Yeah. Bam, through their words, they have yielded to it and given permission. And so when you are being tempted, and you understand why I'll use that term, when you are being tempted with symptoms, it's a time where you do what you do with temptation, you resist it, you tell that symptoms, get out. You are not allowed in my garden. I've called to protect that little garden here, and I'm not gonna let you say sickness, get in here. That's the first approach we have to have. We've gotta hate the symptoms and the sickness just like we've been told to hate the sin because in God's eyes, they are one and the same. That's not even my message, but it's good anyway. You see, it's a platform where we have got to see and start looking at sickness because so many people, I mean, I hear, of course, nobody here, uh, but I hear so many people, they will accept sickness or, you know, weakness or different thing, thinking, well, that's part of life. That's part, you know, you get, you start getting old. You got to expect things to kind of break down. No, 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 we don't have to. We don't have, we should not. And I'm always saying, if Moses was 120, not even, you know, under, under an old covenant, that's right, brother, and his strength, you know, he was strong and his eyes were not dim. How much more today under a new and better covenant? But this, this afternoon, I want to, you know, share with you, you know, so that how to get a hold of that promise of God because God hates sickness and he says now it is no longer a matter of, hey, he's God going to give me uh, that healing because now that's got to be settled. God hates sickness and he hates it so much that he made provision on the cross through Jesus Christ to give us a healing. So now it's not a matter of God, will you heal me please? No, no, now it's Jesus showed us in Mark 11, 24. He said, now when you pray, you must. Now what does you must mean? You should if you feel like it. Option number one. No, you must means it's no other option, no other way. That's the only way. He said, when you pray, you must believe. Believe what? People will say, believe that healing is the will of God. Yes, that's good, but that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, when you pray, you must believe. Believe what? Oh, that healing has been given. Well, that's excellent. That's good. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, when you pray, you must believe that you have already received it, and you shall have it. And in other words, Jesus is saying, if you don't have your manifestation, if you don't have your healing, there is only reason why is because you might believe that it's healing is the will of God. You might believe that it's already been given. You might believe it's the will of God, but that's not what Jesus said. If you do not have your manifestation, there is only one reason, and Jesus said it, is because you have not believed that you have received it. Well, we know in this camp here, you know, that by grace, 
Grace gives. You see, grace has already given all things. Ephesians 1, 3. God has blessed us with all, not just a few, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to God who according to his divine power has, Pastor has given us all things, not just a few, all things that pertains to this life and to godliness. So you and I, we know that by grace, God hates sickness so much that he said, I don't want my children to even wonder if I want them well, so I'm going to make provision and I'm going to give them in Jesus, I'm going to give them Divine healing, it's a done deal. So now Jesus said, you see, he told the disciple, the thing is by grace, it's already been given, but so many times when we are so, we got such a revelation on grace, what I found that oftentimes people, there is a problem, they have a tendency to become very passive because they say, well, God already did it, he's done it. So, you know, it's all about God. And all of a sudden, they take a position where they don't feel like they've got to be involved in anything or they don't have any responsibility. But you understand that Paul tells us in Ephesians 2.8 that just like salvation, you know, we have been saved by grace, but through faith. Are you here this afternoon? And so this afternoon, what I want really to talk about is how to reconcile all of that. And I will share a lot of my testimony of what I've learned, but just to kind of explain and, and understand, because some people sometimes are so afraid to get into works that they don't do anything, or they're so afraid, you know, they so much get into work that they never rest. And there is such a confusion with all of that that we don't really understand you know, what is it that Jesus is talking about? And so Jesus said, when you pray, the number one thing, you must believe that you receive. As you see, when I travel and I pray for thousands of people to get healed, I, you know, we are like healing technicians. You've got to watch, listen, and observe. Not so often so be quick to go... Here it is, go your merry way. But when we want to help people, we've got to watch. You no, know, Paul observed and he could see when people had faith. Jesus observed and he could see faith and hear faith. And so when I pray for people, that is the one thing I watch and I want to see. That that person I pray for, have they really received? Because I know that if that person really has received, the rest will happen. They will, it will be done. They will have the... But you see so many times people don't... They will be quick to say, well, I have received. I, have re I believe I have received. But I, I watch because there are things, expressions, signs, things you can see and you can hear that will tell you if that person has really received. And that's also good for ourselves. You know, when we pray for ourselves, and because sometimes we know things, we automatically say, well, okay, uh -uh, no, wait a second. Have I really believed that I received, or am I fooling myself? So what is it, that, number one, that I look for? I want to see if somebody has really received. What is it, the number one expression, or the number one fruit, or the number one 
thing that I see in somebody who really has received is they enter into rest. They enter into rest. But here again, people will say, Audrey, how do I know if I entered the rest? Because most people, when they think rest, they think, I sit down, I have nothing to do. And there is a misunderstanding or really understanding what it means to enter the rest. So this is what I say, and I give my little parables. Going to be like Jesus, I might as well. I am like Jesus, aren't I? We all are made in his image. Filled as he is, so are we. So a parable according to Audrey, just pretend it's a true story. Or just put yourself into that. It'll bring it home a little better. Let's pretend that you are in debt up to your neck or to your nostril, one nostril above the water. You are so much in debt, let's say fifty dollars or $100,000 in credit card alone. And you don't know what to do. So you run here. You take one job, two jobs. Then you, you know you have the creditors calling you constantly and say, when are you going to pay? When are you going to? You're not going to pay. We'll repossess your car. We'll kick you out of your house. you lose your house. You're going to, you know, all the worst scenario. And what happens? I mean, you can't sleep. You think you're like laying in bed thinking, how am I going to repay that money? I'm about to lose everything. I'm going to, you know, live in the street. I'm going to have to go to the shelter. What am I? You know, it gets so intense that you lose your sleep. You can't eat. Your stomach is in knot. You can't eat. And you go back and forth trying, or maybe I will, uh, uh, I will uh, uh, um, uh, borrow from Peter to pay John, you know. Or maybe I'll do this, you know. You're trying everything you can to pay the debt. But let's pretend that you've got a very rich uncle that lives in Switzerland. And they call you that morning and said, you know what? I was praying the Lord spoke to me. What, and he told me to help you. What's going on? You'll say, well, uncle, I am so sorry. I made bad choices, bad decision, and I'm in debt up to my neck. I don't know how to repay. I have no way out. I don't know. And at that moment, your uncle said, well, you know, God spoke to me, and he's a very rich man and a man of his word. And he said, well, you know what? How much do you need? And he said, well, I'm like above 100000 He said, well, will he help if I send you, wire you $120,000, you know, through the bank? At that moment, what do you hear? You, re- you hear a promise, right? I'm wiring you the money. You hear a promise. At that moment, what happens? You see, before that, Everything in you was so tense. You were worried, fearful, sick inside, so like that. At that moment when you just hear, I am sending you the money, what happened to you? Everything in you relaxes. Why? Because you got the manifestation in your hand? You've got the money in your hand? No. Because you only have a promise, but you believe that promise, and you believe you have received the answer to your need. And at that moment, you see, you don't have the, the proof. You only have, you just believe a promise. But at that moment, when you hear and you believe, your uncle, you, when you believe that you receive, you enter into the rest. 
You know what that means? You no longer run to and fro, talk here and there to try to make things happen. At that moment, everything said, oh, it is done. It is finished. Oh, hallelujah. And everything in you enters into rest, and you're like, at peace. You know, I love it. You see, now here is somebody that will go and said, well, you know, when I pray for people and I say, do you believe, you know, you, you, you received that? Well, yeah, I, 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 I hope so. I think so. Yes, I have. But then they'll turn around and hear that there is, you know, minister so-and-so here or minister so-and-so there or they call a prayer chain or they start going and continue. You know what that tells me? They have not believed they have received. Because when you believe you have received, you know it's done, you enter the rest. And you stop, you cease from your own work. That's what Hebrew chapter 4 says. For he who has believed ceased from his own works and effort. Hallelujah. I love it when students, you know, sit in my class. Because I teach a 20, almost 21-hour course on divine healing. And after, you know, I love it when students come to me and say, Audrey, I don't even need you to pray for me anymore. I've already received. At that moment, I know. I know they really have received. Because they no longer try to get it again. You see what I'm saying? Hallelujah. I love that. But of course, I heard a sister, and I will have to agree with her. After you hung up the phone, right? After talking to your uncle, and you hung, uh, you hung up the phone, and you know, oh, it is done. It, I don't have to take another job. I don't have to do It is done. Hallelujah. You know, after you enter the rest, you know what you do? You go crazy. <laughs> Some of you don't look at me so innocent. Have you ever seen people like, you know, like on TV that they receive like whatever, the lottery or the, I don't know the name of it. You know, they show at the, at the door with a big, you know, fake check. People, I mean, they go wild. Well, because why? They have believed. They have received. And so, you know, that's, there is no coincidence because sometimes we have made it so complicated, we have lost the simplicity of it. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying receiving is very simple. That's why Jesus said, you know, that you have God, we have got to learn to receive like a little child. Have you ever seen a little child? Take time sometime and observe them. They'll teach you a few things about God and his character and his way of doing things. And you know, I have that picture in my heart of a little kid. You know, that goes to daddy and say, daddy, daddy, I want a bicycle. Can I have a bicycle, daddy, please? Daddy, daddy, a bicycle. And you know, daddy says, you know what? Philip, you're such a good boy. You know, daddy loves you. I'm going to get you a bicycle. But you know, when I get my paycheck, you'll have a bicycle. Not that little kid right there. You see, what happened to him? He hears his daddy you got a bicycle, what does he do? Father, thank you. No, he goes, Daddy, thank you, 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 thank you. You're the best daddy in the world. 
And he gets so excited and he goes, thank you, thank you. You know why? Because thanksgiving is an expression of faith. It means, I mean, mommy, daddy taught you when you were a kid. When you receive something, say thank you. It's an expression. When you truly have received your healing, there's going to be a thanksgiving bubbling out of your heart. You're going to be thankful. Hallelujah. Oh, and like that little Philip, you know what he's going to do? He not only is going to say, thank you, daddy, he's going to go so excited, he's going to skip all the way to the neighbor because he's going to tell everybody, you know what? I have a bicycle. I have a bicycle. He'll tell all his little friends, I have a bicycle. I mean, he'll go to school the next day and go, Teacher, teacher, I have something to say. And she'll say, Little boy, what is it, Philip? Teacher, I have a bicycle. And the other kids will say, You liar. We saw you walk to school. You don't have a bicycle. And how will little Philip respond? You watch, I have a bicycle. In his little heart, that little kid, Daddy promised a bicycle, and he said, I receive it. Now, you see, he doesn't have it in his hand. He doesn't see it, can't touch it. He can't ride it. But in his heart, he has received his bicycle. And out of the abundance of his heart, he can't stop but thanking daddy and mommy and going and telling everybody, I have, not will have, but I have a bicycle. And you know he goes home. And then he goes to mommy. He says, mommy, mommy, I'm going to clean the garage right there because that's where I'm going to put my bicycle. And then he goes to bed, he can't sleep, because he's laying on his bed. He sees himself riding the bicycle and waving at his little friend. He sees himself. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? You see, when you know how to receive like a little child, you'll start thanking God you'll start being full of joy. You'll start talking like you have it. And, and, oh, and you'll start seeing yourself. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, I remember that brings me back. A few years ago, I was in Switzerland. And I, I was, they called me to the hospital because there was a young woman who had been in a car crash. Her husband got out of, of it alive with that much problem, but her, her brain had exploded. Her whole cranium was open. She was in a, you know, she had got out, you know, they resuscitated her, and she was conscious, but couldn't see, couldn't talk. She was a bad case. So they called me in the hospital to pray for her. And so, of course, what I did, I had the, 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 the parents and oh, the the in-laws who were friends of mine, and there was the husband. And so I started to take, talk to them about, you know, the will of God about healing and how to receive the healing. How to, and then I told her, I said, now, I'm laying hands on her, on you. Do you believe you receive your healing right now? And she just kind of moved her head a little bit. And then now, I know, I told her, I said, I know you can talk. I know you cannot do much of anything, but let me tell you, use your brain. 
I say, start seeing yourself. I say, the doctor are telling you that you, you, if you, you don't die, you're going to be in a wheelchair all of your life. And the doctor are going to tell you that you'll never eat, never do anything, and be fed by a, through a tube. I said, don't ever yeah. accept it or see yourself that way. I said, but instead, I asked, I said, what is your favorite thing to do? And so the husband said, we love walking on the beach hand in hand. They live close to Geneva. And, you know, and, and, and I said, well, I talked to her. I said, listen to me, honey. I said, laying right here on your hospital bed, start seeing yourself walking on the beach with your husband don't ever see you in a wheelchair. Don't ever see yourself uh, uh, in, in, in a hospital bed. Don't ever see yourself, uh, you know, like a vegetable, but see yourself walking hand in hand with your husband. Do you know that, I mean, here's a woman that the doctor says she would spend her whole life as a vegetable being fed by her husband. I saw her one year later. Not only was she talking, was she got out of bed, she was walking, she was... She just had a little limp in her leg, very little. But then I told her, I said, now, what is there that you want to see? She said, I would like, I'm a teacher. She said, I would love to go back and teach. But they told me that I could never work again. I said, uh-uh. Now you know. I said, see yourself teaching. See yourself behind that board writing and talking to those little kids. Glory to God. God is powerful. And that woman is doing very well. Amen. Hallelujah. And so going back to little Philip, that little kid, you see, it's not something he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank my daddy. I'm going to tell everybody. I'm going to. No, no, no. It's something that bubbled out of his heart. Why? Because he has believed he had received. There was joy. There was thanksgiving. There were, he could see himself, dream about it, talk about it. You know, joy is such a powerful, you know, we were talking, and I love it. Daniel is such a joyous, he understood the power of joy. But you know, I remember when I was in my, uh, uh, in 1999, and I had, you know, I was feeling I had pain in my, my whole left leg, you know, in my hip. And, you know, I, I pray, no, nope, no problem, you know. But my husband is like, Audrey, go to the doctor. Please go to the doctor. You have to understand that before we were married, he had lost a wife to cancer. So he's like, Audrey, I'd like you to go to, to the doctor. So I said, okay, you know. So I made an appointment with the doctor. But that night, the Holy Ghost woke me up. I mean, two days in a row, two in the morning. He wakes me up. Finally, I said, it's not because I ate too much pizza. Holy Ghost, you're trying to talk to me. So I got out of bed, went in my living room, and I'm, you know, praying in the spirit, you know, and I hear the Holy Ghost speak, and he said, there is cancer in your body. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd rather hear an attack of what's coming up from the Holy Spirit than from the doctor. Because when God, you know, that's one of the, 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 mission of the Holy Spirit is show us things to come to prepare us for the attack of the enemy. 
And right there in my living room, and let me say something. I'm going to add another little thing. You see, anytime you hear teaching about healing, it is very tempting to want to go and put it into a little box of formula of 10 steps to do this and five steps to do. No, 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 no. First and foremost, we have, yes, those principles are good. It's the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God. But you have first and foremost go to the Holy Spirit because it is he that will you know, the Bible says, thanks be to God, that gives always the victory in Christ Jesus. First Corinthians 15, 57. But Second Corinthians 2, 14 says, thanks be to God who leads us to the triumph. Who is he that leads us to the triumph? The Holy Spirit. So you see, any time you hear the word on healing or anything, you take it and put it in your heart, but you always go first to the Holy Spirit because he will show you how to go from point A to point Z. And right there in my living room that, that night, I was just worshiping God, just praying in the Spirit, and I heard there is cancer in your body. You know, the first reaction is, get behind me, Satan. Well, if Satan tells you you've got cancer, that's all he's going to tell you. And then he's going to leave you in the dump discouraged and broken, but when the Holy Spirit prepares you, he tells you, but then he gives you the plan of attack. And right thereafter, he said that, he said, but the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Right there, there was a key that the Holy Ghost was giving me. And you know, it's so awesome because it was about 18 years later, and I had read my Bible hundreds and thousands of times. It was 18 years later that I opened uh, Proverbs 17, 22, and I discovered that the joy, when, you know, that, 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 that the joy is like good like a medicine sin, but anxiety will rot the bone. And you see the wisdom of God? The joy, if depression, anxiety, fear will rot your bone, the joy will repair it. And then the Holy Ghost told me also something else. He said, don't tell anybody you've got cancer. I did not understand at the time. Didn't know why. But he said, only tell five people. Now, you understand, and I'm going to qualify it, that was Holy Spirit direction to me, his wisdom to me, because he knows us, every one of us. But he said, don't tell anybody you have cancer, but only five people that believe like you do. You see, Holy Spirit in his wisdom was protecting me from the unbelief of people around he was protecting me because there were days where I was strong. There were days where I felt a little more tired and vulnerable. And so if people had known I had cancer, they would have gone to me and said, Oh, Audrey, how are you doing today? If I was stronger, I would have said, Well, I'm healed. But if I was weak, you know, Jesus said, The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It would have been an opportunity for me to open my mouth and speak against my, what God was doing in my body, yes. healing my body. You understand? That was the wisdom of God. But right here, the Holy Ghost was giving me a direction on how to get a hold of my, my healing. But I'm saying all of that to say that 
Jesus said, you see, the first thing you have to do is go to the Holy Spirit and he will teach you how you can believe, how to receive like a child. And you know, another thing that I had learned also is like little Philip who received his bicycle and believed he had a bicycle and told everybody he had a bicycle and thought and saw himself riding the bicycle and he started to act like he had a bicycle. I understood also that if I believed I had received my healing, then I needed to start acting like it was so. Out of the abundance of my heart, you know, what do you do? If you believe, you are well. And you know, I remember how the Holy Ghost taught me this lesson. It was, it was even before the cancer. I was preparing with Fred to go to the jungle in South America, into a tribe in the jungle, to reach out a, a, a tribe. We had prepared for months. Three days before we get ready to leave, all of a sudden, I have pain on my right side. I mean, heavy pain. All of a sudden, I have a fever. I mean, we're looking 100, 101, 102, 103, and I feel like I want to throw up. I am sick in pain. So I'm laying here in bed, and I call a friend of mine who is a nurse, and I said, Bobby, this is what's going on. What do you think? She said, Audrey, she said, I'm not a doctor. I'm a nurse, but it just sounds like you got your appendicitis just ruptured. She said, don't play with it. Go to the hospital immediately because, you know, it is serious. So I, you see, I didn't jump. I just prayed and seek the Holy Spirit always. And I say, Holy Spirit, I very well know that if I go to the hospital and have surgery, it means that trip to the jungle will have to be canceled. And I said, I don't have peace about that, Lord. That just doesn't seem right. It just doesn't seem, we've worked so hard. There are people waiting on us and depending. So what do you say, Holy Spirit? And I had a peace, you know that kind of peace that passes all understanding? That means that your brain says, this is crazy. I had that kind of peace now listen to me, I had the leading and the peace of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit said, don't go to the hospital, stay home and believe me, receive your healing. And so I stayed home. But you know, all night long I prayed, Mark 11, 23, 24, I spoke to the pain, to the sickness. You know, I exercised my authority, but then I believed I received. So I'm like, but you know what? All night long, even though I had believed I had received, I was in a battle. I was in a battle. That's what, you know, here is a good thing. You know, when we hear about entering the rest, you know what it also said? Labor labor to enter the rest. Or we have Paul telling Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. And so there seems to be a contradiction. Okay, what do I do? Do I rest or do I labor? Do I rest or do I fight? Well, the rest, like I was saying, it is done. The labor of rest is to stay in that position where we know that we know that we know it's already given, I've already received it, it's a done deal. 
But sometimes it takes a labor. Sometimes it is a fight to stay in that position of rest, of knowing it's already done, I've already received it, because the devil will do everything. Your flesh will do everything to persuade that it is not so. So you see, all night long, I was in bed. I mean, sweating bullets. The fever, the pain, feeling like, you know, throwing up all night long, and I'm praying. And I'm like, Lord, I believe I received. You know, I, I did everything. You know, I kept trying to keep my eyes on Jesus all night long. It was a fight. Next morning, which is a Sunday morning, you know, my husband looks at me and he said, Audrey, you don't look good. You know, and it's Sunday. He said, and he tells me, why don't you stay in bed? He said, I'll go to church and explain to pastor what's going on. Everything in me was wanting to say, oh, yeah, I haven't slept. I just want to, you know. But I heard the Holy Ghost speak to me, and he said, what do you believe you have received? And I said, yes, sir, I know I've received my healing. He said, then, what would you do on Sunday morning if you were well? Hmm. So you know what I did? I got up. I took a shower, got dressed, got in the car, headed my little sick self to church. Did I feel like it? Oh, no. But I went to church. And I love to worship God. And I'm there in church sitting on the pew. And I'm like there sweating, you know, bullet. I'm there like this. I'm looking around, people dancing, jumping, worshiping. And I'm like this. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, do you believe you are healed? I said, yes, Lord, I have received. You know I received. He said, then what would you do on Sunday morning in church if you were well? Well, I knew what he meant. So you know what I did? I went and I started to worship God. I started to praise God, to dance with all of my mind, just to go. I mean, I, I, mean, I went at it. No holding back. At the end of the church, I'm still sick as a dog. You know that dog with a... I was still sick. And so we get in the car and Fred looks at me and he said, Honey, what do you want to do? Do you want to stop in a restaurant and eat or do you want to go home? I mean, everything in me is thinking, I want to go to bed. But I had the audacity. The Holy Ghost asked me again, what would you do on Sunday morning after church if you were well? Now, what would you do? I don't know about you, but every Sunday after church, I don't cook. We go and stop in a restaurant and eat. So you know that's what I did. I didn't feel like it. I mean, even the smell of food makes you sick. I'm sitting there. I can't even read the menu because the whole room is turning around. And, I, and I'm like, okay, let's just, I'm just going to order a salad. I get the salad, and I'm eating, you know, and I'm telling the Lord, I said, Lord, is it not just enough for me to be here? Do I have to eat? And you know what he had the guts to tell me? What would you do on Sunday morning after church in a restaurant if you were well? So you know what I did? I forced myself. I ate one bite at a time. And I ate it. And, oh, was it hard? Yes, it was. My stomach was right there in my throat. Every bite was a struggle. But you know, when I got out of the restaurant, I went and the, I remember the place, the moment. I put my hand on the handle of the car. At that moment, shoom, all the symptoms were totally gone. And we did go to the jungle, and we saw mighty miracles. 
You see, just like that little fill, if you believe you have received, not hear me, you see, out of the abundance of your heart, if your heart believes, you know I have received. You know, and I love that. In Hebrew 11, uh, 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 verse 1, it says, faith is the, it's, it's the conviction of things we hope for. It is the title deed of things we cannot see. You know what a title deed is? If you have a mortgage on your house and you owe $150,000 and poor pastor, you know, Daniel goes to your bank and pay your mortgage and the, the mortgage calls you and said, hey, somebody anonymous paid for your mortgage. Come and pick up the title deed. Don't you think you would know the day, the moment you receive the title deed? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And you see, at the moment when you know that you have received, that's what? There is a Holy Ghost connection. There is a faith connection at that moment when you pray because you know healing has been given and you approach God by faith and say, Father God, you're so good, I come to receive. At that moment, there is a transfer, a title deed given to you. And the moment you receive that title deed, you know that you know that you know that you know that you know, that you know, that you've got it. And if you know you've got it, then you're going to start talking about it, thinking about it, acting like it is so. It is not something you'll just, ah, fall, you know, it's because you know I've got it. And you ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what would I do if I was well? And the Holy Ghost will show you because you hear from him. And just like Mary told the you know, the servants, whatever he tells you to do, that you do it. And the moment they heard and they obeyed what Jesus told them to do, it released that miracle. Amen. So when you truly believe you have received, there's going to be an expression, there's going to be a reaction coming out of you where you're no longer going to be passive thinking, well, I'm waiting for God to do something. That's not faith, that's hope. Well, you know he has given, I received. And if I know I received my title deed of healing, my health, then what would I do if I was well? Hallelujah. And out of the abundance of your heart, you start talking, acting, and doing. Because you know that you know you've got it. But you see, th there's been so much confusion about that. Because on one side of the spectrum, there'll be people who said, if you confess, 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 and confess, God's going to heal you. If you quit your medicine, God's going to heal you. If you do this and you do that, God's going to heal you. And people have gone in such a tailspin and have got so confused. And it's given the word of God a bad rap, so to speak. Can you steal me? Is that okay for me to be down? Or do I have to go back to... It's okay, hallelujah. Now let me give you that illustration because I have seen that happen. I had a good friend of mine who had breast cancer. That dear lady would wake up every day at 3 o'clock reading her scriptures, confessing a good confession, and she died of cancer. And, you know, people get puzzled and said, but look at it. I mean, she believed God. She put her face in God and look at her. She confessed the word and look at her. Let me give you that illustration and I believe it will drive the point across. There was a gentleman in that, that heard the message. He was a diabetic and he heard the message and so prayed for him 
It's cool. He went back home, and without even thinking, the next morning he went to the fridge to get his insulin and get the, you know, and use the insulin. But he heard the Holy Ghost speak and said, you are healed. You don't need that stuff. So you know what he did? He stopped. And then he had to do a little checkup a few days later, went to the doctor, and the doctor said, what did you do? What happened to you? You're not a diabetic anymore. So the guy got so excited. I mean, he went back to his church, testified, hallelujah, you know, uh, I, I got prayer, and then I quit my insulin, and I was healed. But you see what happened? There was somebody in the congregation who heard what he said, who was also a diabetic, but what did he heal? I prayed, I quit my insulin, and I was healed. And so he said, oh, if I quit my insulin, then God's going to heal me. And the dear man went, quit his insulin. The next day, they rushed him into the hospital, sick, almost died. And you say, but what's the difference? Because you look at those two persons from the outside, they spoke the same thing, they looked the same way, they did the same thing. It looked like both of them. But you're like, what's the difference? Let me tell you the difference. There is a very fine line in between. On that one side, there is the one that quit his insulin because he knew he was already healed. And on that other side, there are the one that quit his insulin thinking God is going to heal me. You see... The, it looks the same from the outside, but it's the motivation of the heart, the why you did what you did. Is it because you are trying God to do something, or is it because you have received your healing, and you know if I receive my healing, I'm healed, and if I'm healed, I don't need that stuff. You see, there is a huge, a big gap between the two, but yet... So many people don't see that line, that fine, invisible line. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. And now let me give you that example. It happened to me, a few, you know, just a, a little while back, I was doing a conference in France, and I was teaching a message like that, and there was a lady who was a dia, dia, you know, diabetic also. She had, been, she had two types of diabetes. Dia, diabetes? And she had to take like, I think, two different, oh, she had, I don't know, she had to take two types of insulin. It was a mess, and she was in pain and everything. And as she left the meeting, prayed for her, the Holy Ghost spoke to her and said, you healed, you don't quit your insulin tonight. The Holy Ghost told her. But then she ended up talking to people, and the people said, oh, I would never do that. No, no, you better be wise, you don't, don't do that. And so she went home, she said, well, I better listen to people. And she did. She didn't. She took her insulin. She got so sick that night. So sick. And she got her sugar. And she realized that she was healed. And she had to take spoons of sugar to try to get her blood, you know, her sugar level right. The point I'm trying to make is I would never tell you as a person, I would never tell you, quit your medicine, quit, but you need to ask the Holy Spirit. And whatever he tells you to do, you do. And when you do what he tells you to do, if he tells you to keep taking your pills, then you do it. But do it by faith. 
saying, Lord, I believe. I received my healing, and I'm taking that pill by faith because it's going to do me good, and it's not going to do me wrong. And Lord, you show me when it's time to quit. You know, I did that one time. I remember I was, you know, I, I, I was going through so much at the time. And, you know, I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you know what? Uh, um, you need to take that. Oh, it bothered me so much because I don't like pills and medicine. I don't, you know, and I was like, oh, I don't want to. But you know what the Holy Ghost told me? The Holy Ghost told me, said, Audrey, you need a break right now. You're too weak. You've got too much on your plate. There is too much going on. It is hard for you, for your face right now to handle that. So he said, take that pill. He said, take that pill, but take it by faith. And every day, you know, and, and so I said, okay, Lord, I'll do that. And so I take that. I said, Lord, I thank you. I believe I'm healed. And I said, Lord, you show me when it's time to quit. And you know what morning I got up? It was probably a few weeks later. Or well, one morning I, I got up, and it's like I knew. I just knew I needed to quit. Nobody had to uh, put my, you know, force me or tell me. I just knew we all hear from the Holy Spirit. And if you're in a place of thinking, should I take my medicine or should not? Then keep on taking it. If you even have to ask about it, then to keep on taking it. But take it by faith, no side effect, and you tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you show me when I'm ready to stop it. You, you, you show me when it's time. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you see, we, that's, the, that's the thing. And I tell people, well, if you're not at that place where you can really believe you have received, don't try to go and do the stuff. Because don't try to go and say, oh, I'm going to do this and do that. And No, no, no. You know what you do? If you're not at that place where you receive, you can receive your title deed, then you go back to the basics. You go back to the beginning to consider Jesus, to focus on Jesus, what he has done, on healing, on him. Listen to that verse. Hallelujah. I don't I hope this is helping you. In 2 Corinthians, I always tell people, you know, if you are not in that place where you know that you know that you have received, then don't torture yourself trying to, you know, go back to that place where you can become so convinced that it has already been given, that God is good, that he's already granted it to you. So you position yourself in that place where you are so persuaded that it's given, that it will be easy to receive. And in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, he said, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen and are eternal. But look, sorry, the verse before that. It said, for our light, I'm going to start with verse 16. Let's do the whole chapter. No, just kidding. In verse 16, it says, therefore we do not lose heart. Just say, I won't lose heart. Don't let your heart be broken. But even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, 
how while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. I saw something I never saw before. Do you know what he's saying? While we look at the things which are not seen, Jesus, God the Father, his faithfulness, his word, his promise. While we fix our attention on him, on who he is, what he did, while God is working in us a far more exceeding weight of glory. And his glory, it's his manifested presence, his power, his grace, his compassion. So I tell people, if you're not in a place, you know, you observe yourself. Do I truly believe I have received? And if I truly believe I have received, then out of the abundance of my heart, I'm going to start talking, acting, acting like it is so, because it is so. But if I'm not there yet, well, then I'm going to look with intensity. I'm going to fix my attention. I'm going to consider Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm going to set my gaze on that. And you know, Jesus, who is the author and finisher of your faith, will work in you. His grace will work in you an exceeding weight of glory. And it's then that you'll be able to say, faith will rise and you'll say, whoa, I receive. It is done. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. Glory to God. Glory to God.